your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 574 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And I got a question for you guys. Did you know that Sidney Crosby did not play in this game between the Rangers and Penguins tonight? Now, if you happen to have possibly forgotten that very simple fact, then fear not, because the ESPN announcers definitely had you covered. They had all of us covered. Uh, They made sure to remind us of this fact no fewer than 77 times during the course of the broadcast. 77 times. No, I'm making up that number. But honestly, would you really know the difference? Like, you probably had to think about it for a second there, right? You had to think to yourself, my God, could it have really been that many? I knew that they were reminding us over and over and over, but could it have really been 77 times? No, it wasn't really 77, but... There's no way that they mention this any fewer than 20 times during the course of this game tonight. And I get it. Look, Sidney Crosby, phenomenal player, generational talent, one of the absolute best to ever lace up a pair of skates. And I say this as a Ranger fan, and, you know, I know that we've all, as Ranger fans at times, one time or another, probably had some choice words to say about Sidney Crosby, but you got to give the devil his due. He's an unbelievable he's an unbelievable hockey player, uh, and again, just, just one of the absolute best to ever lace up a pair of skates and play in this league. But my God, I mean, could they go longer than two or three minutes without mentioning the fact that Sidney Crosby was not playing in this game here tonight? It's like, they must think that we've all been lobotomized. Either that or that we all have the memory of goldfish or both. I just don't understand why they needed to keep reminding us of this. I mean, there's so many things happening in this game. There's so many great players on both sides, and they can't shut up about the fact that Sidney Crosby is missing a game. It just, it was unbelievable. And and the real crime about all this is that overall, I thought ESPN's presentation actually wasn't that bad tonight. And believe me, I'll be the first person to pile on ESPN when I think that they deserve it, because I think that network has just become a parody of itself over the years. But I thought overall things were good. You know, the play-by-play guy was already. It was mostly the color guy. I think it was Boucher who just would not shut up about Crosby. Um, I mean, it was both of them to an extent, but I think more so the color guy. Um, and, you know, I thought they did a decent job, you know, putting some interesting stats onto the screen every now and then. You know, they showed uh, puck possession time for both teams. Uh, there was a great stat about the Rangers that I'm actually going to mention real quick right here. Might as well. Uh, the Rangers, since the trade deadline, have allowed fewer scoring opportunities per game than any team in hockey. They are number one since the trade deadline. They were number 24 before the trade deadline. So that'll give you an idea of how well they've played recently, how much they've tightened everything up defensively, and how much these new guys are certainly helping the cause, especially as it pertains to defense, you know, namely uh, Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott and also Frank Vitrano. And you know when he's been out there, uh, Justin Braun as well. But the Rangers have really stepped it up defensively as well. Uh, But getting back to ESPN real quick, again, you know, I I didn't think it was a half-bad presentation of hockey tonight. I mean, give me Sam and Joe any day of the week over these guys, but, uh, you know, overall, I thought they did a decent job. There was a camera angle that ESPN had been using for quite a while, and it was almost universally despised. It's that camera angle that's, like, above the rink, and it kind of just, like... 
like sways back and forth in, in like just a really odd way. And, you know, people were saying, man, that this camera is making me seasick. And it was pretty much universally disliked. I was actually kind of indifferent to that camera angle, but they got rid of it. That camera angle was nowhere to be seen in tonight's game. So that tells me that, you know, maybe they're listening to some feedback, listening to the fans a little bit. And overall, again, I, I didn't think it was that bad of a presentation, but my God, the stuff about Sidney Crosby just did not stop. And I don't know if they were trying to make excuses for the Penguins. And, you know, before the puck even drops, well, there's the Penguins' built-in excuse for the night. They don't have Sidney Crosby. So how can they possibly win this game? Look, I seem to remember Sidney Crosby playing in the other three matchups between the Rangers and the Penguins this season. And the Rangers won two out of three of those games, including a 5-1 to one absolute drubbing in Madison Square Garden. Crosby played in all those games. I think he had a goal in the most recent one before uh, this game tonight. But he really has not done much overall in these Ranger-Penguin matchups. And it's not like, you know, the Rangers uh, would have been incapable of beating this Penguin team had Sidney Crosby played. They beat them twice earlier and could have very easily beaten them three times. Uh, the only game that the Penguins won was one to nothing. And that was the game where the referees gift wrapped the Penguins a power play at the end of the game. The Penguins scored on the power play and won that game one to nothing. So uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, Crosby not being there, Crimea River. Look, next man up, right? The Rangers are dealing with some injuries, too. Uh, Capo Caco has been out of the lineup. We saw Artemi Panarin miss some time earlier this season. We saw Igor Shesterkin miss some time earlier this season. Uh, Ryan Strom just got back. Everybody has to deal with injuries. So next man up, no excuses, and uh, shouldn't make the win any less sweeter for us Ranger fans just by the simple fact that, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby is not on the ice. But believe you me when I tell you guys that I am just getting warmed up here. I've got a whole lot to say about the way that the Penguins behaved in this game, particularly in the third period, all the fireworks, all the extracurriculars between the Rangers and the Penguins down the stretch in this game. And we will get into all that in just a second here. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys something that you already know, and that is that this Pittsburgh Penguin team whines more than any team in hockey. And, you know, they say that oftentimes a team will kind of take on the personality of their captain. Well, it shows. It definitely shows uh, that they have done just that in this Pittsburgh locker room. Uh, Jeff Carter, somebody that I've never really noticed that much in the past as being that much of a complainer. This guy was whining all night. He was crying for a penalty in the first period uh, toward the end of, I think it was the second period, he got kicked out of a face-off circle. He was throwing a fit about that. You had, you know, Evgeny Malkin whining the entire night. There was an instance in the third period where Malkin, uh, you know, he was going in on the rush and he bumped into the net 
the Ranger net, knocked it off the moorings, and then he started yelling at the referee. I, I don't know what he would have been complaining about there. And then Jake Gensel was doing the same thing. He was whining to the referee uh, during this play stoppage as well. There was a situation uh, earlier in this game where you know, Vetrano and Gensel kind of came together in the neutral zone after a whistle. And, you know, the two of them kind of whacked each other with their stick once or twice each. And, you know, Gensel's whining all the way to the bench. And then you've got Brian Rust coming over and trying to pull the stick away from from Frank Vetrano, excuse me, like he's five years old. I mean, the entire team behaves this way. And I do my best when I do this podcast to come on here and try to, you know, wear my podcaster hat as opposed to my Ranger fan hat. And I'm probably doing a little bit more of the latter than I typically do on this podcast. Uh, You know, with the Locked On shows, everybody is hosting a show uh, that features the team that they like. And I do my best to stay as unbiased as I can on here and not overdo it and not just be a complete Ranger homer. But naturally, I'm a Ranger fan. You guys know that. When you watch the Rangers on MSG, you can tell, you know, Sam and Joe, they want the Rangers to win these games. Uh, Ditto for Henrik Lundqvist and Steve Valaket whenever they go to them between periods. Uh, But you do your best to to try to keep everything uh, as unbiased as you possibly can. But uh, watching this this Penguin team tonight, man, I mean, my blood was just boiling. The, The way that they were acting in this game. And there's more examples. There was an instance in the first period where Jacob Truba was called for elbowing. And by the letter of the law, it probably was an elbowing penalty. You know, he caught Gensel up high. But this really looked like a sell job by Gensel. And look, it's easy for me to say that, you know, from the comfort of my uh, living room couch here. I'm not out there, you know, taking an elbow to the face while I'm, you know, trying to play hockey. Uh, but it seemed like he embellished it at least a little bit. I will generously give Gensel the benefit of the doubt on this one, even though I think some other Ranger players seem to suspect the same thing. Because if you watch this, after the whistle was blown and Truba was given the penalty, I missed who it was, but somebody on the Rangers and Gensel were kind of chirping back and forth after this. So I think that whichever Ranger that was may have seen it the same way, that Gensel kind of you know really threw his head backward after he took this elbow here. And again, by the letter of the law, yes, it's an elbowing penalty, but I think he kind of helped it along a little bit, you know, really kind of throwing his head back there. So that was just one example. And we'll get to some of the other examples in just a second, but I actually wanted to turn our attention to a play that happened near the end of the second period. There was an instance where, you know, Adam Fox had the puck. He was near the Ranger blue line, kind of along the boards there, last minute or two of the second period. And Ricard Raquel came up and delivered uh, a big-time hit on Adam Fox, clean as a whistle, knocked him down, back first onto the ice. Did you notice what happened here, though? Nobody on the Rangers felt the need to whine and cry to the official. Nobody on the Rangers felt the need to absolutely assault Ricard Raquel for what was a clean hockey hit here. Everybody just played on, and nothing came of this the rest of the night. And, you know, now we're going to fast forward to the third period here, and up to this point in the game, it's just been a lot of whining and complaining from the Pittsburgh Penguins. In other words, business as usual from this team. Nothing dirty, nothing, you know, that really crossed the line up to this point, but that was about to change in a big, big way here. Uh, I mentioned, you know, everything that happened between Gensel and Vetrano, and then you've got, uh, you know, Rust grabbing Vetrano's stick out of his hands. Uh, This was not on camera, or at least I didn't see it, but I'm taking the announcer's word for it on this one. He actually took a break from letting us know that Sidney Crosby was not playing in order to let us know what happened between Vetrano and uh, Rust, so that was awfully nice of him. But... Yeah, this is where it got really bad. You had Anthony Angelo uh, just blindsiding Mott. Mott never saw it coming. He had his head turned. It looked like he put his hip right into his head. Now, there was some, you know, debate, clean hit, dirty hit. It's 
it's borderline, but I'm at the point where I'm just not going to give any benefit of any doubt to this team. And it certainly looked like, you know, he purposely put his hip right into the side of Tyler Mott's head. Uh, you know, again, I'd like to look back at it one more time and take one more look at it. And of course, you know, watching these plays live, uh, players and referees, they don't have the benefit of slow motion replay like we do from like, you know, four or five different angles. Uh, but be that as it may, Angelo heads to the box and the Rangers get a power play out of this. I hope Tyler Mott is okay and no worse for the wear. He's become an important player for the Rangers, somebody that uh, really rounds out the bottom six in a very effective way. And kudos to Keandre Miller because he was trying to get after Angelo here, stand up for his teammate. You like to see that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we know that there are a lot of players on the Rangers that are going to do things like this. Uh, you know, certainly Jacob Truba, somebody like Ryan Lingard would stick his nose in there. Ryan Hunt, you know, Hunt was mixing it up a little bit in this game for the Rangers for sure. Uh, but this is also an example of why, uh, and I mentioned this in, I think, our last episode, last episode or second to last episode, I really want to see Ryan Reeves in the lineup come playoff time. And if every single player in the New York Rangers is healthy, it might be hard to get him in, in there. But this is where he can really uh, affect the game and make an impact. I don't know that the Penguins are trying stuff like this if Ryan Reeves is out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they would just duck him and refuse to fight him, and they would act the way they acted tonight anyway. Uh, but I would like to see Ryan Reeves out there as an enforcer, especially if these two teams meet in the playoffs, because this is getting really ugly, really nasty, in a heck of a hurry. And then after this, Alexi Lafreniere, after the power play expires, right after the man advantage expired, in fact, he comes onto the ice, and Angelo has the puck, and he laid a big hit on Angelo, knocked him to the ice, big pop from the guarding crowd on that one. I mean, they absolutely loved it, and uh, kudos to Lafreniere as well. You know, once again, another Ranger stepping up for his teammate. And then we get a Penguin power play getting late in the third period at this point, probably about four minutes and change remaining uh, when this happened. And you get a big tie-up between Barclay Goodrow and Evgeny Malkin as both players were going to the bench. And they're kind of going back and forth. You know, Malkin tries to cheap shot Goodrow with, you know, a sucker punch. Uh, Goodrow gives it right back to him. And then you get Matheson jumping Goudreau, and the two of them drop the gloves, and this was about to be a fight. Uh, you know, it's funny because Chris Kreider actually jumped in there too. It looked like it was going to be, you know, a big get-together, a big scrum, you know, multiple players on both sides. But Kreider immediately put his arms off and peeled off once he realized that both players had dropped their gloves because, you know, obviously at that point it's a fight, and you don't want to get uh, some kind of third man in penalty and get yourself kicked out of the game. So kudos to Chris Kreider there, keeping a cool head in that situation. Uh, but then... You know, the dust settles, and Barclay Goodrow and Evgeny Malkin both get penalties, but Matheson does not. And Matheson jumped Goodrow and initiated the fight. So you try explaining to me how that works and what the logic was there. And I, the other thing I want to point out here, and this to me just embodies what the Pittsburgh Penguins are all about. While this altercation was going on between Matheson and Goodrow, they're along the boards there. And, you know, they're going back and forth. They're trying to fight. There are no fewer than four Penguins running their mouths to Barclay Goodrow. I mean, like, leaning over the bench, getting as close as they could to him without actually touching him as they possibly could, and, you know, just acting like tough guys, you know, from the other side of the bench there. Now, listen, maybe if this happened on the Ranger bench, there's certain players on the Rangers that would have been doing the same thing. I will at least acknowledge that. You know, I got to believe if, you know, Ryan Reeves is playing in this game and he was on the bench, I'm sure he would have had something to say. Uh, again, you know, all the usual suspects, guys like Truba, guys like Lingren, those hard-nosed players that aren't afraid to mix it up. Maybe they would have been running their mouths too. It's at least possible. But with the Penguins, I mean, you just absolutely expect that kind of nonsense. And, hey, it, it is what it is. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing a fight there. Unfortunately, they broke it up and decided that only Goodrow should go to the penalty box and not Matheson. So that was uh, an interesting call to say the least. 
Then we're getting toward the end of the game. Rangers are still up 2 to nothing at this point, and Dryden Hunt gets control of the puck in his own zone, shoots it right down the center of the ice and into the net with 37 seconds left. Uh, so that obviously sealed the win. And, you know, in a situation like that, there's part of me, you know, if the Rangers were only up by one goal, I don't know that I want Trident Hunt to do this. I mean, obviously it worked out because he scored into the empty net. But a lot of times there, you know, the safer play is, you know, just lift it into the neutral zone or play it off the boards and out of the zone. Do whatever you got to do to just kind of play it safe, work it out of the zone, out of harm's way, and don't risk taking the icing. But up by two goals there, what the heck, man? Go for it. Take a stab at it. I'm glad Dryden Hunt was able to do that, and he buried a shot from uh, quite some distance away there, put it into the net, and that's just the exclamation point on this game. And after this happened, now it's 3 to nothing Rangers, and there's 37 seconds left in this game. You knew the Penguins could not just leave well enough alone. They could not just take their loss like adults, skate off the ice, and say, you know what, we'll regroup, we'll get them next time, we're going to see these guys in the playoffs. You know, the kind of thing that uh, a self-respecting team might say to itself after a loss like this. No, they got to start a whole bunch more nonsense. And I wrote into my notes with 37 seconds left uh, after this goal was scored by Dryan Hunt. I said, and then the Penguins started more crap when dot, dot, dot. And I just waited because you knew, you knew there was no way that this Penguin team was just going to accept the loss with any kind of dignity. They just weren't going to do it. You could take it to the bank. A hundred times out of a hundred, the Penguins are going to look to start more crap at the end of this game here. Given the way that this game had unfolded and given the fact that the Rangers were beating them 3 nothing, given the fact that the Penguins haven't really played all that well recently, I believe this is their third straight loss, and given the fact that the Rangers have basically owned the Penguins this season. So I didn't intend to spend this much time, you know, calling out the Penguins for everything that they did in this game, but I just had to do it. I have not seen a team, uh, a Ranger opponent anyway, all season embarrass themselves to the degree that this Penguin team did in this game here. Not necessarily from a performance standpoint, because, you know, obviously this game, it was scoreless after one period. It was a tight defensive struggle at times during this game. Uh, but just in terms of the way they behaved, nonstop whining, and then just a whole bunch of dirty plays uh, down the stretch in the third period here. This team is an absolute disgrace, and I'm just glad that the Rangers uh, got this win here tonight. One of the more satisfying wins of the season. I'm sure a lot of you would definitely agree with me on that. Uh, we're going to continue talking about everything that happened in this game. We're going to actually get to some of the, uh, you know, the goals that the Rangers scored and some of the more fun things about this contest because, uh, obviously, listen, I had to get that off my chest, add my two cents about everything that happened uh, between these two teams. The temperature, obviously, rose pretty high in the third period there, and there was a lot to talk about uh, regarding that. So, wanted to do that, spend some time on, you know, all the extracurriculars, uh, but we're still just kind of getting warmed up, I feel like, and we got a lot more to talk about in just a second. Uh, but first, just want to let everybody know, Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, bet online, where the game starts. So, hey, did you guys know that Sidney Crosby did not play in this game? All right, enough of that crap already. Let's get into some of the Ranger highlights, some of the goals that the Rangers scored in this game. There was a tight, scoreless defensive first period. And then the second period, the Rangers score a goal just 24 seconds in. Frank Vetrano uh, taps it in from the doorstep. And let me just say, it's really nice to see the Rangers 
you know, starting a period fast here. The Rangers had a really nice shift. Even before they scored this goal, they were looking good. And, you know, when the Raiders went through this mini slump, and I, I say mini slump, it's really just the game against the Islanders and the game against the Flyers. But something that was becoming a little bit of a negative trend in that time is it felt like the Rangers were getting off the slow starts in just about every single period. You know, the Islander game, they lost 3 to nothing, and they gave up an early goal in all of the uh, three periods. And then against the Flyers, it was pretty much more the same. I don't really remember. Maybe the second period against the Flyers, I think the Rangers got off to a decent start in that one. But besides that, slow starts at the beginning of periods. But I think the Rangers in the game against the Devils and also this game here tonight have kind of rectified that situation and they're rewarded uh, for it with a goal here. You've got just an awesome pass across the rink by Adam Fox out of the Rangers zone up to Chris Kreider. Kreider drives toward the net really kind of stays with it. You know, the puck is bouncing, and eventually it starts to bounce uh, back behind the net. But Mika Zibanejad, he's Johnny on the spot. He passes it back in front. Puck's still kind of bouncing around a little bit, but it goes over to Frank Vetrano on the other side, and he backhands it into the net. Once again, just 24 seconds into the period. So the Rangers up one to nothing. Frank Vetrano, the steal of the trade deadline season. Show me another guy. I know I mentioned this recently, but I don't care. Show me another guy in this league that was acquired on trade deadline day for as small of a price as a fourth round draft pick as Frank Vitrano was. Show me a player acquired for that uh, that has made more of an impact and done more positive things with his new team than Frank Vitrano. I don't think that player exists. Once again, the steal of the trade deadline season, especially if he continues to produce anywhere near the level that he's been producing at, you know, since the Rangers brought him in. And yes, playing with Mika and Kreider certainly helps, but he earned that. He earned his way up the lineup by getting off to a good start in his Ranger tenure. And now, you know, he seems to have a pretty good grasp on that top line spot and good for him. It's a lot of fun to see players overachieve and obviously he's earned this, you know, he's earned those minutes and he's earned that top line spot with Mika and with Kreider. And then the Rangers' second goal, this happens a little bit later in the second period. This all starts as the result of a defensive zone face-off draw by Andrew Kopp. He wins it clean. I believe K. Andre Miller uh, first got possession of the puck after Kopp won it. And then Miller sends it around the boards to Jacob Truba on the other side. Jacob Truba with a nice long outlet pass uh, to Andrew Kopp. And then you've got Kopp moving in the left side. He sees Panarin to his right. He passes to Panarin. Panarin uh, receives this pass while kind of moving across the high slot area, and he's got the puck on his backhand, but that's no issue for him. He just flicks it home, beats Tristan Jerry, and gives the Rangers a 2-0 lead. Uh, just a great goal here, and another goal uh, in this game for the Rangers that resulted uh, from the Rangers moving the puck in transition, quickly getting the puck out of their zone, a fairly long outlet pass, and then, of course, uh, you know Artemi Panarin scoring from the doorstep here. Let's go ahead and also shift gears, talk about Igor Shesterkin a little bit. All he did was pitch a 30-save shutout in this game and just continue his absolute mastery of this Pittsburgh Penguins team. He has gone 3-1 and one against the Penguins this season and has allowed a grand total of just four goals in those four contests. In fact, the only game that he lost, that was a game that the Penguins won one to nothing. So uh, Igor has been sensational against the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. And again, I think he's starting to get right. He made some really nice saves in this one as well. I mean, the Rangers played great team defense again, which has been a theme over these last two games here. I mean, really just limiting their opponent's scoring opportunities. But we did get some really nice saves from Igor Shesterkin. I think maybe his best save of the night occurred in the second period. Yet at Malkin passing from behind the Ranger net in front to Jake Gensel, and Igor just made an outstanding point-blank save. Uh, like I said, I think that was his best of the game, at least up to that point. We got some Igor chance after this happened, 
And uh, 30 seconds after this save here, pretty nice save against Matheson as well, keeping the puck out there. Uh, so great to see. And then when the Penguins had a power play late in the game, Igor had just another excellent point-blank save once again against Jake Gensel. The Penguins were working the puck around. They get it in front to Gensel, and Igor kicks out his right pad, makes the save, and keeps the Rangers' uh, 2 to nothing lead intact there. Uh, just a great save. Igor was on top of his game, and again, he went through uh, what I would call a mini slump. Again, he, he sets the bar so high for himself and has had such a great season that any time that you know, he, he's not looking like a human cheat code out there. You start, your eyebrows start to go up, and it's like, okay, is Igor all right? Is he going to be okay going forward? I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, there's 10 games left in the regular season after tonight. I think he's going to, uh, you know, use those to kind of tune up for the playoffs, and then it's time to rock. You know, I realize Igor has only played one career Stanley Cup playoff game, and that was in the bubble a couple years ago, and, you know, just very unique, very bizarre circumstances, and he lost that game to the Carolina Hurricanes, but I have no doubt that Igor Shesterkin, uh will you know, play up to his standards this season, come playoff time. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He seems like he's built for playoff hockey. And uh, I just can't wait to watch him do what he does come Stanley Cup playoff time. I'm also noticing on Rangers Twitter that there is no update yet on Tyler Mott. Gerard Gallant did not provide an update after this game. And fingers crossed that he's okay. Or if there's an injury, hopefully it's one that won't keep him out for too many games. You know, he's somebody that is obviously not a superstar player, but a very tenacious, very scrappy player. Somebody that I think Ranger fans have warmed up to uh, in a big way in a short time here. Really nice uh, zero-hour pickup. Uh, as far as the trade deadline day is concerned, you know, getting him right at the last minute there and somebody that really kind of has solidified the bottom six for the New York Rangers and just made them a much deeper team, does a great job on the penalty kill. So again, uh, fingers crossed that it's nothing too serious and that we'll see him back in the lineup sooner rather than later. And I don't know about you guys, but after watching everything that went down in this game here tonight, I am absolutely dying to see a Ranger-Penguin playoff matchup. I mean, the temperature between these two teams is at an all-time high. You had that, uh, you know, standoff at the red line at the end of the game here. You had Igor Shesterkin uh, waving goodbye to the Penguins as they were leaving the ice. You know, it's always something with the Penguins. They always have to start a whole bunch of nonsense. And I think the Rangers have shown that they match up very well against this Penguin team. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Rangers playing the Penguins in a playoff series that it's going to be easy. We're just going to sweep them right out of the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be easy for a second. But I do believe if the Rangers just stay within themselves, if they play the brand of hockey that we've seen them play uh, recently and pretty much all season, and particularly against the Pittsburgh Penguins, then I do think that they will win that series. They will outlast the Penguins. They will uh, play more physical hockey than the Penguins. I think clearly they have an advantage in net. You know, nothing against Tristan Jerry. He's had a really nice season for himself. Igor Shesterkin is just flat out better. And I think the Rangers are in the Penguins' heads a little bit. I mean, look how they were acting tonight. Look how they were acting in the last game. This Penguin team, it's very, very easy to win the mental game against them. When things are not going their way, they do not handle it very well. We saw that tonight. We saw that in the most recent matchup between these two teams. And I just think that in a playoff series, if you can get any kind of a mental edge against your opponents, which I think the Rangers could get on this team at a certain point, then you have a massive advantage against that team. When things aren't going their way, the Penguins kind of just tend to get away from their game. They get flustered. They're, they're yelling at the refs. They're looking for trouble after every single play stoppage, and they just get away from playing hockey. And we've seen the Rangers do that to them uh, over these past couple of matchups between these two teams. So again, not saying for a second that the Rangers would easily just knock the Penguins right out of the playoffs, you know, sweep them, 
lead from the start of every game until the end of every game. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm just saying I think the Rangers would outlast this team in a best-of-seven playoff series. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you know, there, there's a little ways to go here. we got about 10 games left for just about every team in hockey, and the seedings can always change. But if it's Rangers-Penguins, I do like the Rangers' chances. You know, it's going to be nail-biting. It's going to be stressful like it always is in the playoffs. But I do think the Rangers would be the last team standing uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is also worth pointing out that the Carolina Hurricanes won their game tonight. They rallied to take down the Buffalo Sabres, and so the Canes now have 100 points, and they have clinched playoffs. The Rangers have 98 points and have not quite yet officially clinched playoffs. I mean, obviously, they're going to they're gonna be there. Uh, it's not official yet, uh, but the Rangers now, once again, two points behind the Carolina Hurricanes for the Metro Division lead. The Canes do have one game in hand on the Rangers. And then the only other thing that I want to do for tonight here, guys, was to once again give a couple of shout-outs to the teams, the four teams, in fact, that are still alive in the Lockdown New York Rangers Fantasy League playoffs. It was a 20-team league. We're down to just four teams left standing. And, you know, I gave an update as far as the scoreboard during uh, the middle of the matchups last week. Uh, but to kind of just bring everybody up to speed here and once again, give shout outs to those of you who are playing in this league and could very well be listening to this episode as well. We had the top seeded Jiggly Wigglies defeating DJ Zabad in the first round. Uh, seven to two. That was the one versus eight matchup. Jiggly Wigglies advanced there to the semifinals. Uh, Jiggly Wigglies are coached by Constantine. And the Jiggly Wigglies are currently playing number six seeded No Regretskis. Uh, no Regretskis, as the sixth seed, beat number three seeded Marcus's team in the first round by a score of five to three. And now the Jiggly Wigglies, top seed, playing the sixth seeded No Regretskis. Uh, the No Regretskis are coached by TJ, and those two teams are locked in a four to four deadlock. So obviously that one could certainly go either way. Uh, as far as the other quarterfinal matchups last week, you had yours truly taking Team Iceland to a 5-4 to four victory up against uh, number 7-seeded Kreider. I hardly know her. I was up 8 nothing in this matchup, playing my good buddy uh, Justin Grieco, and he really kind of closed the gap in the last couple of days there, and somehow I was able to uh, hold on for the win. I am now up against number 5-seeded Messier's Ganja. Uh, Messier's Ganja defeated number 4-seeded Bull Duguay by a score of 9-1 to one in the opening round. And currently... My team, Team Iceland, leading Messier's Ganja 6-3 in the other semifinal matchup. Messier's Ganja, by the way, is coached by Noel. And uh, obviously, still anybody's game in, in all these matchups here. And definitely looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. And uh, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail. Dot com And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.